to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in this week's episode, we are talking all about one of the fundamental materials that you're going to need to make a sprayable, easy to use perfume that has lift and diffusion. And that is perfumer's alcohol. So what is perfumer's alcohol? Where do you get it? How do you use it? And what do you use instead if you can't easily find it where you live? So first off, what actually is perfumer's alcohol? Well, the alcohol used in perfumery is cosmetic grade denatured ethanol. Sometimes it's called trade specific. It's 96% or 190 proof. So the ethanol or ethyl alcohol that's used in cosmetics, it's denatured. And it's obtained by fermenting sugar starch from a wide variety of different raw materials. And they can include things like sugar beet, sugar cane. It can be wheat, grain, rye, corn, or by synthesis. So in the UK, at least, you can't buy denatured ethanol or perfumery grade alcohol or perfumer's alcohol without a license from HMRC, which If you're serious about making your own perfume, you can do that. And it's fairly straightforward to apply for a small amount as a hobbyist, for example. And obviously, you need to check in your own country because the rules are going to vary. So a few suppliers have managed to get around the licensing issue and the HMRC issue by adding other materials to the alcohol and selling it as a perfumer's base or formulating alcohol or perfumer's alcohol. And this is where the name really perfumer's alcohol comes from, because actually there is really no such thing as perfumer's alcohol. It is really just denatured ethanol. So the legality, as I said before, of buying perfumery grade or cosmetics grade alcohol is going to vary in all countries. Some countries you can just buy it over the counter. Some you can't even buy it at all. So you're going to need in for this bit, you're going to need to really check with your own local authority, depending on what country you're in. I can only speak from um, a UK perspective. And here it's licensed, it's taxed by HMRC and we need to apply for a license. It's obviously flammable. It's considered dangerous goods. So really, they don't want you keeping vast quantities of it in your back bedroom, for example. So that's why you have to jump through a few hoops. So one of the things that I get asked a lot in my mastermind and in my other courses is, can I use vodka? So you do see a lot of recipes online for perfumes using essential oils to be made at home. And they do say use vodka. Vodka is not suitable for perfume. It's not a high enough proof to dissolve a lot of perfumery materials. So no, um, vodka is not suitable. Also, people ask, okay, can I use an organic alcohol, like an organic grain alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. The key thing to keep in mind when you're choosing um, an alcohol for your perfumes is that it has to be a high proof. So 190 proof in order to dissolve a lot of the, you know, the resinous materials that you won't be able to dissolve if it's a much lower proof such as vodka. So another key thing that I want to just mention here, as again, I get these questions all the time, Can I use other types of alcohol for making perfume, like isopropyl alcohol, for example? Now, isopropyl alcohol is also known as rubbing alcohol. And sometimes even in the UK, actually, you can probably buy it 
um, over the counter at a chemist. That is not suitable. It's a bit rough around the edges. You're going to get this really nasty, rough, alcoholic smell. It's not a high enough quality for perfumes. And also, we don't usually get this here in the UK, but I have seen it a lot in other countries, especially in places like Thailand and Asia, where they are selling alcohol with methanol in. Now, that is an industrial grade alcohol and you it is not suitable. I cannot stress this enough. If you have a an alcohol or an ethanol that contains methanol, please do not use this for your perfume. Any alcohol that contains methanol is poisonous. And I just want you to be really careful when buying it, when choosing it. And just make sure that when you, if you're not sure, go to the supplier and say, is this cosmetics grade? Is this suitable for putting on skin? Is this suitable for putting into cosmetics? Is it suitable for putting into perfumes? And they should be able to tell you whether it is or it isn't. If they can't tell you that, then choose another supplier because you really do need to be careful. So what does denatured mean? So denatured alcohol, all that means is that it's had some other materials added to the alcohol to stop people from drinking it. Firstly, you know, because it's a very, very high proof, it makes it dangerous to drink. You're going to get alcohol poisoning if you drink it. And also for tax reasons as well. So at least in the UK, undenatured organic grain alcohol is way, way more expensive due to the increased taxes that are levied on it. So the process of denaturing, one, makes ethanol unusable in alcoholic drink products. So that means it's exempt from these taxes and levies that you would normally have on alcohol that you drink. And ethanol is generally listed in the ingredients of um, any cosmetic product. So sometimes if you, well, if you actually take your, a bottle of um, perfume that you buy um, commercially and you look on the back, the, the first ingredient will say alcohol DNAT or DNAT alcohol or DNAT ethanol. And you will often find that in some skincare products as well. And that is, that is what we are using here. So it does have um, specific properties, which means that it's odorless, it's tasteless and it's high purity. So again, for perfumery, we want the most neutral smelling base possible to give our perfumes that, you know, that you know, we want our materials to shine through. We don't want it to smell alcoholic. So we want a neutral, odorless high purity alcohol. And that is why we generally go for cosmetic grade denatured ethanol. So denaturants, I'll talk a little bit about in a moment, but all that means is that it's added, had some materials added to stop it being dr drunk and therefore bypass um, the, the taxes that are in, incurred on alcohol, but also to um, stop people drinking it accidentally. Again, these rules vary by country, so this might not apply where you live. And just to say that alcohol does not have to be denatured for perfume making at all. So if you can buy pure um, organic grain alcohol that's got a neutral odour, undenatured, that hasn't had any bits and pieces added to it, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, we use a denatured ethanol just because of the reasons that I mentioned in most of, um, well, in Europe anyway, at least. 
I think in, in the US, the rules are slightly different. And again, in Australia, New Zealand, they might be different as well and in other parts of the world. So do check with your regulatory authorities. There are a few different denaturants that are used in cosmetic grade alcohol, but the most common, and those are the ones that you often see here, are something called TBA and Bitrex. So TBA stands for tertiary butyl alcohol and Bitrex is a material that is used in, it's often I think it's used in, um, you know, the stuff that you put onto your nails to stop you biting your nails. It's very, very bitter. And the idea behind both of them, as I said before, is to stop you from drinking it. It's to make it unpalatable. It's to make you ill if you drink it accidentally. So it's it's both a safety measure and it's a, you know, a tax reason as well. So why do we use ethanol? Why do we use perfumers alcohol? So when starting out in perfume making and learning about the raw materials that you use, it's easiest to work with blends that are made in alcohol before moving on to other mediums. Often, um, you know, many natural perfumers who've started out often by the aromatherapy route create fragrance in oil bases, which is absolutely fine. If you want to make oil-based perfumes, that's absolutely fine. But it does make many materials extremely difficult to work with, which I'll talk about again a little bit later on. And there are a couple of reasons why I think alcohol is the best medium. Firstly, the majority of perfume materials blend really, really well with perfumery grade alcohol. And it really does show them off to their best advantage. Now, this is also really, really helpful when you are studying your materials. And I recommend that all of my students in, in my mastermind, at least, and in my in-person classes, we dilute a small study set in alcohol, if possible, when you're training your nose. So even if you are going to go and make make perfume oils, if you can get hold of some perfumers alcohol, create a little set and it doesn't have to be a lot. So five mil, 10 mil in bottles of each of your materials at say 10% in alcohol and use this as a study set when training your nose because because of the volatility of alcohol and because it evaporates and it helps the materials to evaporate, it gives the perfume that you're creating lift on the skin, unlike an oil, and it diffuses it into the air. And this is really helpful when you're studying because it will really show off the materials to their best advantage. Now, if you want to create a perfume that has a scented aura all around you, so it really pushes that scent out around your body and, and has that this uh, sillage that you know we all want in a fragrance, alcohol really is the best medium. So finally, if you want to make a sprayable perfume really easily, then use perfumers alcohol. It looks way more professional and obviously it's less likely to stain clothing and clog up your sprayer. So um, there are lots of different places that you can buy perfumers alcohol from. And again, what I would suggest that you do is you're going to be able to find it. You should be able to find it in your country, wherever you are, at least if you're in Europe, you're in the US, you're in Australia, New Zealand, UK, other parts of the world, again, might especially like Middle Eastern or Muslim countries are going to have potentially have restrictions. So you may not be able to find it in certain countries. Um, there's a company called Mistral that sells a perfumer's alcohol 
base that's had other things added to it, which means that it is not licensed under the same category as pure denatured ethanol. So I will put links in the show notes. And also if you have my getting started guide, which again, I'll put in the show notes as well from the website, you will be able to, I'll link that in in that guide as well. So let's just talk a little bit about um, how you actually use perfumers alcohol. We'll talk a little bit about perfume strengths as well. And then I will give you some other options for what to use instead if you can't get it in the country that you are in. So the most obvious way that you would use perfumers alcohol is to dilute your fragrance concentrate. So the fragrance concentrate is the scented bit, if you like. The blend of materials, the essential oils, the absolutes and the aroma chemicals that go to create the actual scent part of your fragrance. Now, in this scenario, you would simply take that fragrance concentrate at whatever percentage strength you want your finished scent to be. And then you add the alcohol. Maybe you'll add some distilled water, but we'll talk about that more in a moment. So the other thing that you can do also is to pre-dilute your materials in alcohol first before blending. Now, as I said before, I do recommend my students do this when starting out. So again, you can do your little study set, but if you want to use those to create a fragrance, then you can absolutely do that too. And I, in my in-person classes, I always use pre-diluted materials. And the reason being is when you're a beginner and you're just starting out, it's actually quite hard to formulate a fragrance with materials that are neat. So undiluted materials, because you're not going to get an idea of what your finished fragrance is going to smell like. If you use pre-diluted materials, you're going to really get that idea as you're going along, as you're creating your blends, as you're creating your accords and pulling them all together into your finished fragrance, you're going to have a really good idea of what your finished item is going to smell like if everything is pre-diluted. I would Go back, if you haven't listened to episode 10 on diluting your materials, go have a listen to that as well, because that will all make sense. Another thing that I just want to say here as well, if you do want to create like an oil-based fragrance or you're creating a fragrance for another medium, such as a skincare product, a shower gel, a bath oil or a perfume oil, you can still do your trials in an alcohol base get it get your formulation as close as you can and this is this is for beginners really you know as you become more advanced and you get used to formulating in neat for other material other mediums you can absolutely do that this but for beginners if you're really struggling to blend a fragrance and also if you don't want loads of wastage um, again I talk about this more in episode 10 but you can actually get as close to your finished formulation as you can and then switch to neat materials. So the other thing that we want to talk about when we are looking at perfume and alcohol and how it works within your formulation, we want to really think about our perfume strengths and finishing your fragrance off. Now, I get this question a lot. How strong should my perfume be? What percentage is an eau de toilette? What percentage is an eau de parfum? What about a pure perfume? Can I use an oil neat? Do I have to use alcohol? So here's the thing. Every single perfume that you make, the scent part of it needs to be diluted in a base or another. So even if a brand says it's a pure parfum, 
it's never just the scent materials. It's always diluted in something. And whether that's an oil, whether it's an, one of the other diluents or whether it's alcohol, you will never have a 100% perfume. So what's the difference then between all of the different strengths? Now, there is no official guide that says how strong a perfume should be even to fit into one of the categories. So there's no rule that says an eau de, eau de toilette should be a particular strength or an eau de parfum should be a particular strength. It really depends on the fragrance itself and the materials used in the fragrance and what the brand deems to be, um, you know, the strength that they're going with. In many commercial fragrance ranges, you'll notice that the fragrance differs slightly between eau de parfum and eau de toilette. Back in the old days, it used to be that an eau de parfum was just a stronger version of an eau de toilette, meaning it had more scent material in it to alcohol ratio. But nowadays, they sometimes differ. So you will get a slightly different twist on a perfume when you have the eau de parfum and the eau de toilette will be a slightly different twist again. So why is that? So the reason for that is that a perfume formula must comply with safety regulations before it's allowed to be sold to consumers. So in the EU, and these regulations are getting very strict. And even though the UK is now not in the EU and we have a different um, cosmetic product regulation, actually all, it's, all they've done is copy pasted it from the EU regulations. So it's entirely the same. And many fragrances contain materials that are only allowed at certain lower levels. So, for example, this means that if a company creates an eau de toilette and then a bit further down the line, they want to create a stronger variant and make it an eau de parfum, they might have to adjust the formulation so that when they increase the percentage of the fragrance compound in the product, it doesn't go over the legal limit. So that's the reason why sometimes they are slightly different. So let's look at percentages and what the guide is. So the following is just a general guide to the levels of fragrance concentrate found in alcohol-based perfumes, and the rest will be perfumers, alcohol and water. So generally an eau de cologne, which is the lowest strength, will be roughly between three and 5% fragrance materials. An eau de toilette is generally between say four and 8%. An eau de parfum can be anywhere between 8 and 15%, but there's going to be some crossover between. And a parfum, or sometimes called an extrait parfum, or a pure perfume, is anywhere between 15 and 30%. So when you're finishing a perfume, so what else would be added to your finished fragrance? So before we wrap up today's episode, I just wanted to add a little finishing part on other things that can be added to your perfume in addition to perfumer's alcohol. So one of the big questions that comes up is, should I add water to my finished perfumes if I'm using denatured ethanol 96% because there's already water added to it? So what makes it 96% as opposed to 100% is a percentage of water that's already included. Now that is a common alcohol that we use. And some self-taught perfumers say, no, you shouldn't add water. And there's a, there's a lot of debate on this. And I've seen more often in some of the perfume forums that, oh, you shouldn't add water to your fragrance because there's water already in the 96% alcohol. 
But from my perspective, when I learned how to make perfume samples for clients in the applications lab, when I was working at International Flavors and Fragrances, um, IFF, we commonly added, and this is how I was taught, to add between 5 and 10% of deionized water that was added along with the perfumer's alcohol to the concentrate. Now, that is how I learned. And because I learned when I was working at IFF, that is kind of what I stick to. There's no right and wrong. You don't have to add water if you don't want to. Um, but to say that you should never add water is not correct. Because the industry, if you look on any perfume label, you will see alcohol DNAT, aqua, parfum. Usually, pretty much, I'd say commercial perfumery, there's always a bit of water added. And really, the purpose of that is to soften the effects of the alcohol on the skin, for one, but also to give the scent more lift. And that is something that we'll go into in more depth in the Artisan Perfumery Mastermind. We don't really have time on a podcast episode to do that. But if you are adding water to your fragrances, always use distilled or deionized water. And the amount of water that you add really depends on the materials that you use. And adding too much can cause clouding in your fragrance. The other thing to note that can cause clouding is high quantities of some natural materials as well. So this can be remedied by filtering or stirring in some bentonite clay and chilling your fragrance overnight Next day, you pour it through a professional filter paper and you should have a clear product. So again, it's essential to choose the correct filter paper as you want it to be absorbent enough to remove the clay particles and the fragrance will need to sit then for a period of a few days to a few weeks or even a few months, depending on your formulation, to allow the fragrance materials to macerate with the alcohol before it's ready to use. So finally, what can you use instead if you can't get perfumers alcohol or you don't want to make an alcohol based fragrance or you just don't want to use alcohol in your perfume? So if you are making an oil perfume, the easiest place to start is with fractionated coconut oil. And we go into this in depth in my Make a Perfume Oil Masterclass. And what I will probably do is another podcast episode on oil perfumes specifically. And just, but just for now, like the easiest place to start if you are looking for an oil perfume base, fractionated coconut oil. The reason that I would suggest that is because it's really stable. It's got a really short, um, it's got a really long shelf life and it's very odor neutral. So you don't want the solid coconut oil that smells all coconutty. You want the fractionated that pretty much smells neutral. It doesn't go rancid very easily. So your perfume oil is going to last a long time. The other thing that you can do, some, sometimes you find, if you find the coconut oil a little bit too greasy, then and you want a more dry oil, like a sprayable format, you can use some of the silicones. So the kind of silicones that are used in hair and skincare products, you can actually use as bases for perfume as well. So things like dimethicone, cyclomethicone, the synthetic ones, or you can find natural silicone replacers as well. Again, we don't have time to go into that in depth in this episode, um, but just know that you can use some of the silicones as well as bases instead of a coconut oil if you find it too greasy, or you can mix the two. Um, again, we go into that into in the Make a Perfume Oil Masterclass. I'll put a link in the show notes in case you're interested in that. But I will do an episode on oil perfumes as well, because I think there's a lot of options now other than fractionated coconut oil that you can use if you want to use a replacer 
for perfumers alcohol. Just keep in mind that the performance of your fragrance will not be the same in an oil base as it will in an alcohol base. Alcohol gives your materials more lift and diffusion and an oil base will sit closer to the skin and a lot of the materials will dissolve in that base. So you won't get the performance that you might do with an alcohol base, which is why I love um, alcohol-based perfumes. They're sprayable, they're easy to use. And if you can get it, and if you can have an experiment with your materials in an alcohol base, that will be the easiest way to get started with learning how all of your materials interact together. So I hope that has been helpful for you and thank you for listening. And again, as always, if you've got any questions about this episode or any of the content in any of the other episodes, drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. And if you've enjoyed this, please give me a review. That would be much appreciated. And I will see you next time. Thank you.